Greetings, greetings, greetings. This is a PSA, public service announcement to every single black person, every single melanated human being of African descent. Be careful. Be very, 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 very careful of seeking and believing in a white savior, a European savior, a savior of European descent, because they just can't be trusted, and that's just the truth of it. Um, Today's read is going to be an article about being blindsided, literally, and... (laughs) goodness it's so sad because he was so young and so very vulnerable when the football player who was doing very very well at a young age and it was clear that he was going to be uh, possibly um do very well in the league and a movie was made about his life. Um, I've never watched it. There was no way I could even stomach watching these this white couple adopt, allegedly adopt a black child because they loved him so much. And then because of what they did, his life was just so amazing. He got into the NFL got into the NFL is that really that amazing just because of all of the money that's that the person could possibly make what about the money that those alleged adoptive parents and the NFL and anybody else made off of him so the reason I'm bringing this up is Michael Oher and he is the um person who is whose life story is depicted in the movie The Blind Side is currently speaking out and saying he was never adopted by Sean and Leanne Toye but he was signed into a conservatorship conservatorship <laughs> and when i look up what a conservator is A conservator is a person responsible for the repair and preservation of works of art, buildings, or other things of cultural or environmental interest. Um, And it also, what's another definition? That's what a conservator is, When I guess, when it's referring to an inanimate object. Um, conservatorship under U.S. law conservatorship is the appointment of a protector by a judge to manage the financial affairs and or daily life of another person due to the latter's old age or physical or mental limitations but he was 16 when they started this paperwork so it wasn't old age they could have adopted him like they told them they were doing but that's not what they did 
a person under conservatorship is a conservatee, a term that can refer to an adult. Again, he was not an adult. He was a promising athlete who was 16 at the time and apparently an orphan. And they saw an opportunity, a financial opportunity. What does that sound like? Using a black body for financial opportunity. Hmm. A person under guardianship or protectorship is a ward. A term that can also refer to a minor child. So he was their ward. Conservatorship may also apply to corporations and organizations. Wow. That was dirty. That was real dirty. He's 37 now and no longer of use to them or the league, but they're still getting money off of what they did when they signed him into that conservatorship and did not adopt him as they told everybody. That's really, really dirty. So let's get into the article. Let's see what they did, what they actually did. WSS, White Savior Syndrome. <laughs> oh, America, America, America. The, the mental aspect of white people got to come save everything. They got to control everything. They're so annoying. Anyway, it's just the more I read about this, um, how do people end up in conservatorships? I looked this up on Google a conservatorship may be established after a relative, friend, or public official petitions the court for appointment of a conservator. The petition must contain information on why the individual cannot manage his or her financial affairs or make appropriate decisions concerning his or her personal care. So although they met him at 16, the paperwork was signed when he turned 18. So let me just read the article because I don't know what happened. All right, this particular article is on all kinds of websites today. Um, Wow. And today being August 15th, Tuesday, August 15th, 2023, This particular article is on Variety Magazine's website, and the title, the headline is The Blindside Blindside Bombshell, Michael Oher alleges Tuhoi family tricked him into conservatorship, denied him film payments. Oh. Oh, wow. This was written by Ethan Shanfeld. Okay. Let's see. Of course, it starts out with the fact that the family is devastated by the accusations. It's upsetting to think 
we would make money off of any of our children, but we're going to love Michael at 37 just like we loved him at 16. Oh, y'all are disgusting. That's your statement? It's insulting? Is he your child? Did you adopt him? Or did you sign a financial agreement about his life and then make a lot of money off of his life? Let's see. Oher filed... I'm just mad that they started out this article with the fact that these white people are devastated. All of their accused of taking money. Anyway, let me relax. Get into what they're saying happened. Oher filed a 14-page petition on Monday in probate court, alleging that the Tuhoys did not officially adopt him. And when he was 18 tricked Oher into signing a document making them conservators. The Tuhoy family and Oher's shared story was depicted in Michael Lewis's 2006 book. So it wasn't just a movie, a screenplay. They made money off the book, okay? All kinds of people made money off this black man. Uh, 2006 book, The Blind Side, along with the 2009 film adaptation starring Sandra Bullock and Tim McGraw as Leanne and Sean. In the petition, Oher alleges that he received no payment for the film adaptation, while the two hoys and their two birth children mm. received millions of dollars. In royalties. We didn't make any money off the movie, Tuhoy said. Well, Michael Lewis, the author of the book, The Blind Side, gave of half of his share. <sighs> BSA. Be careful with this the bullshit. Playing games with the words. Everybody in the family got an equal share, including Michael. It was about $14,000 each. Um... Really? According to Tuhoy, an All-American point guard at Ole Miss and supporter of the university's athletics. An All-American point guard at Ole Miss? When was he an All-American point guard? See, this is the thing when white people tell stories about other white people. Who cares if he used to be an All-American point guard when he was... This has nothing to do with what he did at school all-American point guard at Ole Miss, Mississippi, (laughs) and supporter of the university's athletics, the conservatorship was a way so you didn't adopt him. Even with all this wordplay, even with the person who wrote this, clearly trying to paint this white couple as innocent, the fact is they did not adopt him. There was no adoption. It was a conservatorship. That is not an adoption. The conservatorship was a way to appease the NCAA. To appease the NCAA. Y'all could have adopted him. Leading up to O'Hare's college football decision, Tuhoy would be, Tuhoy would qualify as a booster <laughs> under NCAA rules. <laughs> Michael was obviously living with us for a long time, and the NCAA didn't like that, Tuhoy explained. They said 
also wasn't their fault. Of course not. They said the only way Michael could go to Ole Miss was if he was actually part of the family. Now, how could that be the only way that child could go to college? If he was part of your family? <sighs> this man got a long fight ahead of him because they're going to lie to the end. And they're going to not, not lie, but twist and turn and bind up everything about him. Like they already have. They already have. Oh, may he be able to unbind this connection, untie it, cut it completely. Because, woo. They said the only way Michael could go to Ole Miss if he was actually part of the family. I sat Michael down and told him, if, if you're planning to go to Ole Miss or even considering Ole Miss, we think you have to be part of the family. This would do that legally. We contacted lawyers who had told us that we couldn't adopt over the age of 18. The only thing we could do was to have a conservatorship we were so concerned it was on the up and up and that we made sure the biological mother came to court. I bet you fucking did. He said the family would end the conservatorship if O'Hare wants. So if you were so concerned, why you didn't end it after he got in? Why you didn't end it after he graduated um, college? Why didn't you end it when he was an adult to handle his own financial affairs? If you were so concerned, why is it still in place now? And he's 37 years old and just found out that it wasn't an, op an adoption. He found out February 2023 that it was not an adoption. But now you want to end it? <laughs> it's hard because you have to defend yourself. But whatever he wants, we'll do. We're not in this for anything other than whatever he wants. If he'd have said, I don't want to be part of the family anymore, we'd have been very upset, but we absolutely would have done it. Oh, I'm not reading this article no more. No questions. The allegations are insulting. But look, it's a crazy world. You've got to live in it. It's obviously upset everybody. I want to hear his story. So this the Variety is writing this story from... Okay, let me, let me, okay, they do get it finally. Okay, I'll read it because they finally start talking about him. In a 14-page petition filed Monday in Shelby County, Tennessee, O'Hare alleges that Sean and Leanne never actually adopted him, instead tricked him into ceding his authority to make business deals by making the couple his conservators at age 18. Per ESPN, O'Hare claims that the two Hoys arranged the deal that paid them and their, birth, their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from the Oscar-winning movie. The movie won an Oscar. That's so disgusting. Which raked in more than $300 million. At the box office, O'Hare received no payment. $300 million because they love to see that shit. Ugh. The ex-NFL player alleges that the conservatorship provided him no familiar relationship with the two boys. 
despite the family continuing to call him their adopted son and use the relationship to promote their foundation. Oh, they have a foundation. And Leanne's work as an author and motivational speaker. Oh, gosh. When the petition, with the petition, O'Hara is asking the court to terminate the conservatorship and issue an injunction prohibiting the two Hoyas from using his name and likeness. Yes. Yes, sir. Stand up. He also demands a full accounting of the, mer- of the money earned by the family using O'Hare's name and that the two Hoyas pay him his fair share of profits plus unspecified compensatory and punitive damages per ESPN. O'Hare was raised a child with 11 siblings. Okay, so here we go. Mm. And his mother struggled with drug addiction. Have mercy. At 10 years old, he was placed into the foster care system. And he spent the majority of his adolescence moving from home to home, at times living on the streets. As a teenage sports prodigy, Oher was introduced to the principal of a private Christian school in an affluent Memphis neighborhood where he began playing football. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So we're not going to adopt nobody else, but this one right here. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. He quickly became one of America's top offensive lineman prospects and received various college scholarship offers. Oh, he could have gone to any one of those schools, but to get into Ole Miss, he had to be part of y'all family. Mm, just dirty. In high school, O'Hare frequently stayed over at the homes of his classmates, including the two Hoys. So, <laughs> they weren't the only ones, but they, <laughs> oh my God, poor baby. Until Leon and Sean invited him to move in with them, encouraging him to call them mom and dad. You invited him to move in with you. You were part of the old Miss Booster, whatever. It's taking recruiting to a whole different level, ain't you? O'Hare, who went on to become a first-round NFL draft pick and Super Bowl winner with the Baltimore Ravens, wrote in his 2011 memoir, I Beat the Odds, that the two boys told him the conservatorship meant pretty much the exact same thing as adoptive parents. According to the filing, the four two hoys each made 225000 plus 2.5% of defined net proceeds from the blind side, while Oher made nothing. According to ESPN, he allegedly signed a separate contract in 2007 that gave away his life rights to 20th, 20th Century Fox without any payment whatsoever. Who, who would sign a document, who would, let's say, who would knowingly sign a document that gave over your life rights to, to, 
a movie being made about your life without any payments whatsoever. And if there are his conservators, why y'all didn't, why y'all didn't step in? You stepped in with everything else. Oh, this is dirty. Oh, this is so dirty. But O'Hare says he does not remember signing that contract. And if he did, no one warned him of its implications. Wow. Distributor Warner Brothers and producer Al Khan Entertainment were not involved in deal making for the blind side, nor responsible for payment of participants. Based on the report, the Tuhoy family struck the deal for the film with an agent of CAA, while O'Hare's agent is listed as Deborah Brainin, a close family friend of the Tuhoys, and the same lawyer who filed the 2004 conservatorship petition. Oh, y'all had a whole crew in on this. Ooh. In their 2010 book, In a Heartbeat, sharing the power of cheerful giving, the two hoys claim they made a flat fee from the blind side. For years, Oher has public, publicly voiced disagreements with how the film starring Sandra Bullock and Quentin Aaron portrayed him. Uh, again, I, I can't even give commentary because I never watched it, never planned to, never will. I'm never watching that. Per ESPN, he has said that some NFL decision makers assumed he was mentally slow. I bet they did because why? Or lacked leadership skills because the film made him out to be unintelligent. Wow. Mm. O'Hare published his third book, When Your Back's Against the Wall, Fame, Football, and Lessons Learned Through a Lifetime of Adversity. Now, I might read that last week. Oh, he published this book last week. I'm going to look it up see if it's at my library. According to ESPN, he writes in the memoir, There has been so much created from the blind side that I am grateful for, which is why you might find it as a shock that the experience surrounding the story has also been a large source of some of my deepest hurt and pain over the past 14 years. Representatives for O'Hur's representative and attorney, J. Gerard Stranch IV, were not immediately available for comment, as well as reps for writer-director John Lee Hannock and stars Bullock and Aaron. Variety has also reached out to the probate court and 20th Century Studios for comment. This, I need to look up an article that speaks from his perspective. Variety, y'all tried it. But even through all of your clear support for the Tuhoy family and your clear, um, what else, what's the word I'm looking for? support for the two-way family Leanne and Sean but they also what's the word I'm looking for they're just they're, they lean towards believing the two-way family or trying to just this story was not about Michael O'Hare it was more about them let me try to find an article that speaks from his perspective So I found this article on 
forthewin.com. Uh, story written by an author, Mike D. Sykes. And the headline is, Michael O'Hare has been telling us about the nightmare he's been living for years and no one wanted to listen. So maybe this article will tell his side of the story um, more fully. Can you put yourself into Michael O'Hare's shoes right now? He's 37 years old. He's played a, a full NFL career, made millions of dollars, and won a Super Bowl trophy despite everything he's faced in his life. Yet, what most people know him for is reportedly part of a deliberate lie, according to O'Hara himself. Not a lie he came up with, not some scheme that he concocted to catapult himself into the zeitgeist and give himself 15 minutes of fame. No, instead... O'Hare alleges his story in The Blind Side, which depicts his journey of being cared for and later adopted by Leanne and Sean Tuhoy, was rooted in deception. According to a court petition, the former NFL lineman says he was coaxed into agreeing to a conservatorship, not a legal adoption, with the Tuhoy's just a few months after his 18th birthday in 2004. Per ESPN's latest from Michael Fletcher, allowing the family to make business deals in O'Hare's name. Uh, That's where the lies first started. O'Hare alleges, as the two boys told him, they'd formerly adopted him and he was part of their family. The story was so inspirational on the surface. Journalist Michael Lewis, a childhood friend of Sean's, and that Sean is the fake adoptive parent, Sean the conservator. Michael Lewis is a childhood friend of the parents. Okay, so he wrote a book about it, this inspirational story. That book turned into a movie. That movie turned into millions. O'Hare says he didn't see a dime of any of it. But even if he did, it almost certainly wouldn't have eased any of the pain that he feels today. Because even though that book and that movie made millions, even though he still made his own millions by being in the NFL, he was betrayed by people he thought loved him. His image was stolen and used to fulfill every racist white savior trope. Okay, there you have it. That Hollywood had to offer. And why do you think it made $300 million? White people love to see shit like that. Oh, we saved somebody else. Oh my God, we're so great. In retrospect, it wasn't hard at all to tell that any of this was a lie. Hollywood's take on O'Hare's story was that of a rich white family taking in a young black boy out of the kindness of their hearts. Reader's note, there's a lot of black boys 
that go through what he went through? Was it the kindness of your heart or was it his skills on that football field and the potential and him going to your, your alma mater? You told that boy he had to be a part of your family to go to Ole Miss. All these other schools were recruiting him, but you were feeding him. You told him to come live at your house. A hungry boy who's, mm, y'all took it, y'all, mm, dirty. Oh, when they brought him home, he was a savage who knew nothing but the streets. Not a savage, damn it. Oh, I, I wish I would watch that movie. He had no family. He had no friends. He certainly didn't have football. Never mind the fact that he had all of these things before he met the two boys. But that's not as compelling of a story. Oh, are they trying to say they introduced him to football? Let me not even get into that. We were told the two boys saved this boy. They taught him everything he knows. They helped him adapt and thrive. And according to them, they wanted nothing in return for it because they are white saviors. Except for him to play for Ole Miss, I guess. By making O'Hare into some, someone who had nothing, the story made space for the two hoys to give him everything. In reality, it looks like the two hoys might have taken everything instead, namely his humanity. If it's true, they never legally adopted O'Hare and led him to believe that they did. Why should he, or anyone familiar with O'Hare's story, trust anything the two hoys did for him in the first place? Here's the kicker. With this story dropping now, everyone is suddenly championing O'Hare for finally coming out and telling the truth. But this isn't new at all. O'Hare has been telling us that he hated the Blind Side movie for years. He only ever talked about what the movie took away from him and how it made people perceive him. They thought he couldn't be a leader and he couldn't learn. It was almost like they didn't see him as human. But when he first told us this back in 2015, nobody wanted to listen. All everyone talked about was what fame the movie granted him and how grateful he should be. Quentin Aaron, the man who actually played O'Hare in the movie, essentially told him to shut up and dribble. Different sport, but you get the point. At the end of the day, bro, you are a millionaire. You're famous. You are a Super Bowl champ. And you have an amazing family that loves you. Friends, fans, and teammates who gives a damn about what people say or think who want to criticize your game, bro. That shouldn't matter. Somebody is always going to have something to say that you're not going to like. And that was that. We didn't really hear from O'Hare after that. And can you blame him? He shared his deepest pains with the world, only for the world to simply tell him he was complaining too much. I ask you again, can you put yourself in Michael O'Hare's shoes? Imagine living a lie created by people who are supposed to love you and then having people tell you that you're lucky to have been lied to in the first place. I don't know about you, but that would ruin me. 
It's a miracle that it hasn't ruined him. We should be thankful for that. And hopefully, the next time someone tells us that things aren't okay, we listen to them instead of first pointing out all the good things in their life. Yeah. Mm. I think we're all guilty of that outside of this story. If somebody comes to you saying, this hurts. This is how I really feel about it. And we try to tell them, no, but look at this, this, this. Yeah, that's a lesson for all of us. Believe how people really feel. They're telling you out loud. Wow, that's deep. No amount of money or fame can heal being betrayed by people you thought you loved and you and love who loved you. And no one should have to wait nearly 20 years to get the closure they deserve. So, yeah, that was definitely a different writing perspective. And there's going to be a bunch of different perspectives. Um, another article from that same um, online magazine for the win... And this headline is Michael O'Hare alleges the blind side was based on a lie. Here's everything we know. Let's get into some details, not just emotions. Uh, let's see. This was written August 14th by Robert Zeglinski. Everything you thought you know about the inspiring football story. It depends on who you are. They're calling it inspiring, but again, it's inspiring to people who already believe that type of story the white savior story so you're inspired because it's portraying what you believe already me definitely not inspired by it insulted by any time it ever even came up a trailer came up because it was again like the author of the other article said the white savior trope and it's actually disgusting um, this article says everything you thought you knew about the inspiring football story told in the blind side might have, might have been based on a lie. And I need to just get this article by Michael Fletcher um, on ESPN because everybody keeps quoting his article. Um, according to an ESPN report by Michael A. Fletcher, former NFL offensive tackle Michael O'Hare filed a petition with the Tennessee court Monday alleging Leanne and Sean Tuhoy never legally adopted him and exploited him and his story for their own financial benefit. So this is more of the same. He was never adopted. They say the biggest bombshell is that they tricked him. They're not his adoptive parents. The conservatorship gave them the authority to conduct business on his behalf. Mm. They said he learned the truth about the conservatorship early 2023. February 2023 and let's see he doesn't have any memory of signing the conservative contract and if he did he did not have it properly explained to him um, he received no royalties from the blind side the 2010 book okay the blind side took creative liber liberties with O'Hare's story Got you. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what he's mainly suing about. His he's feeling that. 
And people probably look, because I thought he was slow. I didn't watch the movie, but why else would a... Mm, any other points? O'Hare says he didn't dig into the two Hoy's alleged deception until he was done playing in the NFL. Because they told him, mom and dad. I'm calling them mom and dad. Why would I dig into it? They saved me. They saved me. Why would I question anything when it comes to money? All right. So let me look up this one last article. Because obviously that's the main article, the main information everybody's getting. ESPN report by Michael A. Fletcher. Let me get to it. Okay, so I found it, and this is, again, on www.espn.com. It was written by Michael A. Fletcher for ESPN and published on August 14th at noon. Retired NFL star Michael O'Hare, whose supposed adoption out of grinding poverty by a wealthy white family was immortalized in the 2009 movie The Blind Side, petitioned a Tennessee court Monday with allegations that a central element of the story was a lie concocted by the family to enrich itself at his expense. The 14-page petition filed in Shelby County, Tennessee probate court alleges that Sean and Leanne Tuhoy, who took O'Hare into their home as a high school student, never adopted him. Instead, less than three months after O'Hare turned 18 in 2004, the petition says the couple tricked him into signing a document, making them his conservators, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. So they took him in, groomed him with the mommy and daddy thing, then said the conservatorship was an adoption, and boom, we have the right to make all the business deals off of this black body. The petition further alleges that the two Hoys used their power as conservators to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from an Oscar-winning film that earned more than $300 million. While O'Hare got nothing for a story that would not have existed without him. In the years since, the two Hoys have continued calling the 37-year-old O'Hare their adopted son and have used that assertion to promote their foundation, as well as Leanne Tuhoy's work as an author and motivational speaker. The lie of Michael's adoption is one upon which co-conservators Leanne Tuhoy and Sean Tuhoy have enriched themselves at the expense of their ward. The undersigned Michael O'Hare, the legal filing says. Michael O'Hare discovered this lie to his chagrin and embarrassment in February of 2023 when he learned that the conservatorship to which he consented on the basis that doing so would make him a member of the Tuhoy family, in fact, provided him no familiar relationship with the Tuhoys. The Tuhoy family did not immediately return phone calls Monday to numbers listed for them. Their attorney, Stephen Faris, declined comment to ESPN on Monday, 
saying the family would file a legal response to the allegations in the coming weeks. Sean Tuhoy told the Daily Memphian website that he was stunned by O'Hare's allegations. Yeah, because you ain't think he was ever going to look into the truth of what you did. You thought he was just going to be happy to call you mom and dad. Sad, sad, sad. <sighs> he was stunned by O'Hare's allegations and said the two boys didn't make any money off the movie. They didn't make no money off the movie. Oh, only a share of proceeds from Michael Lewis's book, which was the foundation for the film. Film. Oh, this is that same quote. We're devastated. It's upsetting to think we would make money off of any of any of our children, but we're going to love Michael. I can't help but that voice. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. And so this article has a picture of oh it's so annoying. Based on the extraordinary true story starring Sandra Bullock. So this this flyer this um article shows a picture of the movie flyer and it's this little white woman and this big old football player and she's she has her hand on his back and she's lovingly guiding him to the football field oh my god so dirty O'Hare's petition asks the court to end the two hoist conservatorship and to issue an injunction barring them from using his name and likeness again So all these other articles are pulling from this article here, getting their information from this article. Um, But this article is the most complete. It also seeks a full accounting of the money the two hoys earned using O'Hare's name and to have the couple pay him his fair share of profits as well as unspecified compensatory and punitive damages. Since at least August of 2004, Conservators have allowed Michael specifically and the public generally to believe that conservators adopted Michael and have used that untruth to gain financial advantages for themselves and the foundations which they own or which they exercise control. So it's not just about money from the movie. It's not just about one thing, basically. It's about a lot of things because it's not just the book that their friend made money off of. It's not just the movie that people made money off of. They continue. That's their careers now. They made a career off of this man. They have foundations. She's a motivational speaker. And in the movie trailer, why wouldn't she be a motivational speaker? This little white woman is leading this black boy big he's huge he's huge he's just towering and she's leading him gently with one little white hand to the football field and you can do this too find find one there's lots of them because we've destroyed them (laughs) with our policies and procedures throughout all of these decades or centuries or whatever go find one it's easy but make sure they you can profit off of them. You know, mm, they ain't adopt nobody else, did they? 
They ain't have to. You just need one. Get a good one. Oh, gosh. Wow. So, yeah, it, it goes beyond just the movie. It goes beyond just the money made off of the movie. It's a lot of things. Y'all still using his name. He's 37. And y'all still making money off of him. So, yeah, it's time to put a stop to it. I love that he's stepping up and stepping out. And it's going to be a long battle. But he's retired from the NFL now. He has time. (laughs) And I believe he's married too now. And he has children and a family of his own. It's important for him to do it much more than just for himself. Wow. Let's see. Um... All monies made in said manner should in all conscience and equity be disgorged and paid over to the said ward, Michael O'Hare. O'Hare was a rising high school senior when he signed the conservatorship papers, and he has written that the two hoys told him that there was essentially no difference between adoption and conservatorship. They explained to me that it means pretty much the exact same thing as adoptive parents but that the laws were just written in a way that took my age into account. O'Hare wrote in his 2011 best-selling memoir, I Beat the Odds. I beat the odds. But people like them put the odds in place. Did you beat the odds or did you join the odds, poor baby? But there are some important legal distinctions. If O'Hare had been adopted by the toys, he would have been a legal member of their family. And key, he would have retained power to handle his own financial affairs. And that's the key. He was not adopted. He did not have the power to handle his own financial affairs. Under the conservatorship, O'Hare surrendered that authority to the two hoys, even though he was a legal adult with no known physical or psychological disabilities, except that he was vulnerable. He was 18. He just turned 18. His family, his birth family had gone through all the things they'd gone through from his mother, the generational trauma. Damn it. The petition alleges that the two hoys began negotiating a movie deal about their relationship with O'Hare shortly after the 2006 release of the book, The Blind Side, Evolution of a Game. (laughs) That's the title. (laughs) That's the title of the book. The Blind Side, Evolution of a Game, which chronicled the story. Boy, I tell you, these people dirty in plain sight. Boy. According to the legal filing, the movie paid the two hoys and their two birth children each $225,000 plus 2.5% of the film's defined net proceeds. The movie became a critically acclaimed blockbuster reportedly grossing more than $300 million at the box office and tens of millions of dollars more in home video sales. 
The film received an Oscar nomination for Best Picture, and Sandra Bullock won a Best Actress trophy for her portrayal of Leanne Tuhoy. While the deal allowed the Tuhoys to profit from the film, the petition alleges a separate 2007 contract purportedly signed by O'Hare appears to give away Again, this is that same thing about him giving away his rights to 20th Century Fox Studios for life rights to his story without any payment whatsoever. Boy, the filing says O'Hare has no recollection of signing that contract, and even if he did, no one explained its implications to him. It's so sad. It's so sad. What we do for love or the appearance of it. With within, you know, uh, trauma. The deal lists all four Tuhoy family members as having the same representative at Creative Artist Agency, but O'Hare's agent would receive movie contract and payment notices is listed as Deborah Brainin. So when it came to the movie, the two parents, Sean and Lee, Sean and Leanne and their two birth children were all represented together and he was represented separately because he wasn't adopted by them and they, that's not their adopted son. Liars. Um, oh, and not only is the person representing him a separate representative, she's a, a friend of their family. <laughs> A close family friend. And she's the same lawyer who filed the 2004 conservative conservatorship petition. This is crazy. In the past, they have denied making much money from the movie. Uh, and what they did, we shared it. Um, let's see. How does it end? Because, oh gosh. Um... Other court petition says he never received any money. I'm sorry, I'm talking about the film. And since the film's success coincided with the start of his lucrative NFL career in 2009, O'Hare did not take the time. Okay, so this answers to why it's just now coming out now. And since the film's success coincided with the start of his lucrative NFL career in 2009, O'Hare did not take the time to fully investigate the deal until after he retired in 2016. O'Hare eventually hired a lawyer who helped him uncover the details surrounding the movie deal and his legal connection to the people he believed were his adoptive parents. His lawyer unearthed the conservatorship document in February and O'Hare came to the painful realization that the two Hoys had not adopted him. Mike didn't grow up with a stable family life, Stranch said. When the two Hoy family told Mike they loved him and wanted to adopt him, it filled a void that had been with him his entire life. Discovering that he wasn't actually adopted devastated Mike and wounded him deeply. The petition marks a sharp break in what had been an inspiring, if unsettlingly stereotypical, <laughs> very unsettling, uh, nice word, 
when I see trailers of that movie, it's very unsettling. Very. Not inspiring at all. Uh, Feel-good story for some. As the movie portrayed the story, the two hoys adopted O'Hare, a poor, virtually homeless, and academically challenged black teenager. And we know how the American school system does black boys. Come on now. Um, They made O'Hare part of a functional family for the first time. They helped him catch up in school, taught him the basics of football and how to harness his physical skills, putting him on the road to sports stardom. So they did take lane for his football skills. Wow. The truth, however, was more complicated. O'Hare certainly led a hard knock life growing up, but he also had the smarts the pluck and plenty of help from the two hoys and others, two hoys and others to rise above his circumstances. O'Hare was one of 12 children born to his mother who struggled with drug addiction. Before his 11th birthday, O'Hare was placed into foster care where he bounced around numerous homes and at times lived on the streets. Although he was a capable student, he attended 11 schools in nine years. Damn, and repeated both the first and second grades leaving him behind academically. So, it doesn't mean that he's actually not academically capable. 11 schools in nine years? Oh my gosh. I'm sure all of us who have had challenges in school that had nothing to do with whether we were capable or not and everything to do with policies and procedures and uncaring teachers and horrific environmental factors that affected how well we did or did not do in school. What, what student, you know, would do well in the circumstances that were just described about his childhood, 11 different schools in nine years. My goodness. He began playing football for his new school in 11th grade quickly establishing himself as one of the nation's top offensive linemen and college scholarship offers poured in from big-time football programs across the country because of his unstable housing situation. Wait, let me see before I got to that. His fortunes changed. Okay, here we go. His fortunes changed after a friend's father impressed with O'Hare's inner drive and focus, introduced him to the principal of a private Christian school in a prosperous Memphis neighborhood. There we go. So once he began attending that private Christian school, so this was a different father, a friend and family, introduced him to that. O'Hare began attending the school in 10th grade. Even as his home life remained chaotic, he was a sports prodigy excelling in track and field, basketball, and football, a game he had studied for years. And then he began playing in the 11th grade. And that's when offers became began pouring in. Because of his unstable housing situation, 
O'Hare frequently stayed over at the homes of his classmates, including the two boys. So, okay, so he went through all of this, but he had all this inner drive. Um, one of his friends' parents introduced him to the private Christian school. He got into the Christian school, and he was staying at multiple people's homes. The two boys were like, come on, you can live with us, call us mom and dad, and then da-da-da-da-da, okay. The petition says that the two boys forged a closer relationship with him once O'Hare's athletic prowess drew wide attention. Aha. They invited him to spend more nights at their spacious Memphis, Tennessee home and took him shopping. Eventually, they asked O'Hare to move in. They encouraged him to address them as mom and dad and said they planned to adopt him. So for two years, I get to stay in a stable home. You take me shopping. I get to eat regular food. And you're telling me, call you mom and dad. And as soon as I turn 18, you don't, because you could adopt, you could have adopted him when he was 16. You could have adopted him then. After a year, you didn't know whether you wanted to adopt him or not. But when he turned 18, quote unquote adult, conservatorship, boom, I get to handle all your financials. All of them. To this day. O'Hare was delighted with all that at the time, his lawyer said, and he fully trusted the two boys. Why wouldn't he? At that time, O'Hare went on to play college football at the University of Mississippi, the two boys alma mater. He was a two-time All-American and a first-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens in 2009. So they take credit for all of that because he went to their alma mater. And I'm sure he got all kinds of because he was under their watchful eye. After the success of the blind side, however, suspicion slowly eclipsed O'Hare's trust of the two boys. Because <laughs> he knew it all the time. His intuition was telling him the whole time. Um, Mike's relationship with the two boy family started to decline when he discovered that he was portrayed in the movie as unintelligent, Strange said. Their relationship continued to deteriorate as he learned that he was the only member of the family not receiving royalty checks from the movie. Yeah, anybody would be mad. And it was permanently fractured when he realized he wasn't adopted and a part of the family. For years, O'Hare has chafed at how the blind side depicted him, saying it hurt his football career and clouded how people viewed him. He has said that based on the film, some NFL decision makers assumed he was mentally slow or lacked leadership skills. People look at me and they take things away from me because of a movie O'Hare told ESPN in 2015. They don't really see the skills and the kind of player I am. For their part, the two boys agreed that O'Hare always had what it took to succeed. If there is a fundamental misapprehension about Michael, is that he needed saving, the two boys wrote in their book. We discovered that underneath his shyness, his foot shuffling, oh God, not the foot shuffling. Mm. 
and his head ducking. He had a tremendous will to determine the course of his own life. That's just ill. His shyness, his foot shuffling, and his head ducking. Because you're interpreting him through your white savior eyes. For years, O'Hare has said he was content to live with the myth created by the movie, reasoning that its inspirational message outweighed the pain inflicted by what he saw as its inaccurate portrayal of his life. But that has changed. There has been so much created from the blind side, which is why you might find it as a shock that the experience surrounding the story has also been a large source of some of my deepest hurt. Beyond the details of the deal, the politics, and the money behind the book and the movie, it was the principle of the choices some people made that cut me the deepest. That ESPN article was very, very, very thorough. So I give things for that article. The the author himself is a black man, um, Michael A. Fletcher. I I don't I'm not familiar with him, but he is a black man, and he had all of the aspects of the story. It was very very. He's an actual journalist. There's a lot. <laughs> of us out here telling the story, retelling the story. And I'm not a journalist. So you hear me putting my own emotions and perspective onto my um, telling, retelling of the details. But it is what it is. I feel like with Michael O'Hare's standing up and speaking out and filing this lawsuit is already a win. Because how many years ago did the movie come out? 2009 and it's 2023 right now. And he's had these feelings about the movie the whole time. But he hasn't, ex- well, he did express it. I read in the other article that he did express it years ago. Um, but now he's standing fully up and expressing and asking for not only financial compensation, but stop using my name and my likeness to further your own career based off of lies. So he's already winning by speaking up for himself. And that's, that's inspirational. That is inspirational. So I hope when people watch The Blind Side now that they get that the person that's being depicted, the main person in that story, let me not speak on it because I never watched the movie. And he might not even be the main person depicted. It sounds like the white couple, the white saviors are the main focus of that story. So I just love the fact that he's standing up for himself. And it's very important to do so. It's very important to do so. Speak up for yourself. Because nobody else will, especially if somebody's benefiting off of you. Why would they? Why would they stop their money train? So it was up to him. Nobody else was going to do it. So kudos to you, Michael O'Hare. Kudos to you. I do hope he wins his court case. But whatever happens, he is standing up and he's speaking out. And the fact that this 
story is all over all kinds of publications is is a good sign. He's being heard. He's speaking up for himself. And that, that, it's almost like the uh, part two, the vision. <laughs> oh, he can see now. I don't know what the what a good um next movie title would be. But he this was necessary. Especially the fact that he has children. It was important for him to 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 say, you know, tell his own story. It's it's like much of anything that happens with black people when it comes to White people joining in, they try to change the story to their perspective. And we have to say, well, we don't have to. We can choose to just go along with their version of us, or we can speak up for ourselves. Choices.